afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with Frankie Val on drums in the basement and beans. I'm actually kind of excited to be able to see your drum set behind you again. What are you talking about? You used to have the little drum set behind you when we did the show and you were in your basement. Oh, it's still there. It's just a all, blur. all but it's, it's, it's blurred. It's all and blurred. there's actually a second drum set, a smaller one that is electronic. Uh, that I use as just a, um, a a last resort practice pad set if I had to really brush up for gigs and all that stuff. And uh, Aurora keeps saying, Daddy, what's that? So I said, well, that's going to be your, your drum set. So I'm going to get these things two together because she's already starting to get the concept of right and left, and she follows really? along with me. Yeah. Hmm. So um, she'll know her paradiddles by spring, no doubt. <laughs> little, little drummer girl. That's cute. Very cute. So before we get into the superseding indictment, which I wasn't expecting, to be honest, I really didn't expect this um, to happen with this case. I was expecting the new stuff to roll out. I wasn't expecting them to slam more charges on the actual, you know, what's going on in the documents case now. But there was a whole hubbub on Wednesday about Rudy Giuliani coming out and saying that he was lying about the Rudy Ruby Freeman suitcase debacle. He what? He's being sued for defamation. A filing was made in the filing. Apparently, he admits that what he said about suitcases coming out from underneath the table was was a lie. I mean. He doesn't, that's not even dependent on him. It's dependent on what, uh, it's it's video footage. I got to be honest about something here. It's driving me nuts. We're going to play what Rudy has to say about it here. But why, why are all of the staff, like Jason Miller and all of them on tape and recorded depositions under oath saying that they all knew that the fraud wasn't really, a thing and that Donald Trump didn't win and they told him that Wh- why like are we all crazy are they right and we're wrong like I'm confused ain't that the point that well damn I don't I don't get it my hair is annoying the crap out of me listen today. Ruby Freeman circle the wagons uh Ray Epps circle the wagons I just feel like cross when I see this, like the, the, a lot of people, I guess on the DeSantis side of things, which um, are, are sharing those videos as like a gotcha that we were all punked about, gen, about election fraud. And I'm sorry, but I don't, like, I think it's much more likely that a lot of those people were trying to save their own ass than we were punked. Does that make sense? Absol- absolutely. And Absolutely. I'm, if anyone's been following me on socials, it's not like I'm, you know, ah, whatever. It. I just don't believe for a second that, I, I mean, we, we have too much information. I don't think it was some big, like, grift to bilk people out of $250 million. Like, we all saw this stuff with our own eyes. So I think when you're sitting in front of the January 6th committee, maybe they did go to him and have conversations about it. Maybe they did really think that it was all nonsense for some reason. 
Maybe you they know, are the, the reason that Donald Trump didn't get any of the good information that was out there and went with the crazy crap. Could be. But he still has them all around him. They're still all working for him. These people that all went in front of the January 6th committee under oath and testified that there wasn't fraud to the degree that we all said in 2020 and that they all told Trump he wasn't going to win and that it was over and that it was the red mirage because they knew it was going to take weeks. All of this is on video. It's not like I'm making this up. Like Bannon's on video saying he's going to declare he wins because that's what he's going to do. Let the chips fall where they may with the with the mail-in voting. And I'm just like... I, it just bothers me. Anyway, here's Rudy. Thing to cooperate Hold about. On. Fake news correction. Number one, Giuliani is cooperating against Trump. Untrue. Giuliani is telling the truth, which is that Trump is entirely innocent. Fake news number two. Giuliani admitted that he lied. No. Uh, Giuliani, in a lawsuit, in order to reach the merits of the lawsuit, didn't contest the earlier portion of it with a clear statement that that was no admission that it was true or false. Happens all the time in lawsuits. It's called admission arguendo. And of course, only the most dishonest and cheapest of reporters deliberately misunderstand it. So let's make it clear. I have not admitted that I lied at any point. I have it. And of course, I'm not cooperating against Donald Trump because there's nothing to cooperate about. The man is innocent and they're framing him. That's what I've said the whole time whenever anybody tells me Giuliani flipped. I'm like, flipped with what? Like, with what? What is he flipping on? What, what, now, does he say anything about the Ruby Freeman thing here? That was when he, when he said about the lawsuit. Right. And the declaration that it wasn't an admission that he lied. People just didn't read it. And truthfully, neither did I. Because as soon as I saw it, I knew it was some legal wrangling that everybody was going to blow out of proportion. So... <sighs> anyway, they hit the superseding indictment and added a defendant. And the part of it that really gets me, so what they're saying now is that Trump conspired with two of his staff to delete the security camera footage before, I mean, after the DOJ had told him to retain it and provide it. I've seen, I, I, I know this is a lot of what people are saying on Twitter right now mm -hmm. about deleting footage and stuff like that. They've been bringing up that uh, flooding the, the the computer room thing again with the pool, I'm like which is, uh, so I, I don't even look into it because it's just always something new. And, and once you gather enough information to see just how much of bs it is they're on to something else so uh, what, it's what's almost the, impossible to follow it really is um somebody yeah. is saying um barb in the chat is saying have you even heard the tapes and i think she's referring to the tapes of the testimony in front of the j6 committee yes i've listened to all of them they're wildly disappointing for a gazillion reasons wildly disappointing like hearing these people sit there under oath and talk about how all the things they said in public versus what they were saying in private were opposites of each other. 
bothers me. They're under oath testifying that they didn't believe any of the things that they were saying publicly. That bothers me. If it doesn't bother you, okay. But it bothers me. I don't see how you could not be pissed about that. Like, we all know what happened. We, we, we all know what happened. It was the most scrutinized election in, in modern history. So to hear these top advisors who were still working with this campaign say, no, I told them there was less than a 10% chance any of this would work and none of it was really substantial. You're like, what? So, whatever. I didn't hear any of those. I didn't listen. Do you want to listen to some? I've got a couple. I mean, they're on a they're on Twitter. Let's. Let I mean, me, if it's if it's it bought, necessary, it. Um, I, I will listen to anything that's necessary to understanding the story better. Here. Let's see. Okay, this is one. Two for three. This is um, Bill Stepien, who is the campaign manager right now. Online was, we told him there is a five to 10% chance of all of this happening. You can't go two for three. You can't go one for three. You need to win recounts in two states and win a legal challenge in Wisconsin. That has to happen, three for three. And we think realistically there's a five, maybe maybe 10% chance of that happening. I was in the Oval Office um, and at well, some point in the conversation- Matt Wait a second, now, is he seriously wearing an N95 mask in, in, a, in 2021? Looks like he's being a very good boy. Well, I mean, you're right. He could be just doing it to placate, okay who is the lead data person was brought on and i remember he delivered to the president pretty blunt terms uh, that he was going to lose and that was based uh, mr miller on mad and the data team's assessment of the sort of county by county state by state results as reported correct you know after the election as of november 7th in your judgment, what were the chances of President Trump winning the election? After that point? Yes. None. Is it accurate to say that at some uh, point you are... That's not what, what that, that's not what people were saying in public, though. That's the thing that gets me. Like... No wonder he was he was not doing exactly like as aggressively as you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he didn't have all these advisors telling him something like this behind the scenes, would he have taken different steps and done things differently? Like, that's the thing that I'm thinking back to. Well, I, I mean, the, the the first person that pops up into my head is everything we've learned from Patrick Byrne about his time in the White House after the election and assessing how. Donald Trump's staff was clearly either completely disinterested, plotting their next career moves, or working against him. They're all on the campaign right now. Take them off. Find new people, for God's sakes. If Donald Trump didn't have such people around him, I, I feel like it would be a completely different strategy, messaging, everything. It's the, it's the most confounding thing about him is his staffing choices. 
the most confounding thing is the staffing choices and the the compromises he makes with with who he surrounds himself with. You know, if if you need, especially in a position like that, I don't know how many hundreds of people, or or in that inner core, dozens of people to have one one to five really solid people out of all that is ridiculous. It's sad. Yeah, it's just it's just. We were a, sitting there country, Frank, on on January. Three hundred forty million people. There's got to be there's got to be something better than the same twenty five. We were sitting there on January sixth, me and you. I was in tears listening to Eastman give his speech with Rudy Giuliani. Remember, we played it live. Yeah, that was the, probably the high point of the of the rally. Yeah, to be honest, everything else was kind of like, ugh. like Donald Trump came out and gave the same campaign speech he's basically given a hundred times. I just found out yesterday that Kimberly Guilfoyle and um, Don Jr. were each paid $60,000 for their three-minute speech that they gave. And then Eastman comes up and gives this passionate plea about how the election, like what a precipice we're at. And I felt it in my freaking soul. We were at a precipice right there. And then everything happens. What a crazy time. And now, like, oh, God, it's just so sad. Mm-mm-mm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't really put my feelings into words. And now we're looking at this superseding indictment. They say in here, though, about the video footage is the one line that gets me. They, they apparently found the Iran document he allegedly was waving around. And the thing that bothers me the most about all this is that everybody's on Twitter pontificating and talking and they're all acting as though he's guilty. And in the United States, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. So all of the theorizing and statements of fact about classified documents and everything else are all just that. Yesterday, there was a Twitter space later at night. Lev Parnas was in it. And he was talking about this indictment. And I asked to move up to the stage because I wanted to say, hey, Lev, when the Justice Department indicted you, when you read your indictment, what did you think about that? Was it 100% spot on? They got everything right? Or were they positioning it as a public relations manual for people to attack you in the public eye? Because that's what he was doing to Trump based off these indictments. Right. These indictments right. are basically press releases. I didn't get to speak because they were going on and on and on and I had to leave. But that's what, what was my question for him because... They're acting as though he's guilty, and that's not the case. There's still a trial that has to happen and all kinds of things. This sentence gets me, and I'm not a lawyer, so I mean, take it for what it's worth. These additions are based on allegations that the defendants attempted to delete surveillance footage at the Mar-a-Lago Club in the summer of 2022. Did they? Who alleged it? Where's the evidence? They have text messages and all kinds of other stuff that make it look like it could be possible that that happened. But attempted to, is it, is, is like, did they start doing the action? And is that a crime? Like, you know what I'm saying? Just the way it's so vague and weaselly and, you know. Oh, goodness. I know. I know. That's why it's just, I don't know. It's it, it, it's time to, to dial it all in, dial it all in and focus on the small things. 
Unfortunately for you, Tracy, it's your job to cover these things. Unfortunately. I just, it just, I told you, I'm only worried really about one thing that they could charge him with. That's the only one I'm, I'm really like, like, did he actually do that? Because there's a good chance that he could have just because of sheer oversight. Or not, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it would have been done maliciously. We'll put it that way. But if it's What's that? the money, the running, the raised money, if that indictment comes down, I'm worried about that one. These. So the money to, to fight this, the money to fight election fraud that he raised. And then if he used it for something else outside of that cause. That would that's the one that I'm worried about because it's so easy to F that up if it's not handled with a fine tooth comb or whatever. It's, yeah, I guess it can be easy to F it up. But at the same time, for anybody to for anybody to be under that kind of scrutiny. How the heck? How the heck do you do you do anything Screw it up wrong? that bad? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like okay. that's. That's what a lot of people are saying, Frank, about this. Like, you know that you're being scrutinized more than any person ever walking the earth before. And you're sending text messages. You have your people sending text messages that that read incriminating. Like, it just, I get what people are saying with that because I'm sorry, but it's true. Like, reading through, you can see why some of the things they were doing were just stupid if they weren't doing anything wrong. Like, why open yourself up to it, you know? Yeah, well, that's what you would think. I'd have to hope that it's just that would be common sense. And with the whole world coming down on you, uh, you you'd be able to not mishandle the quarter of a million dollars or the two hundred fifty million dollars that you you raised in front of the world. In public. Yeah, I mean, it's just. So, you know, like if he was I, if he spent it on rallies or like goodness no, you know, who knows, office equipment, who knows, anything. Any one thing. You're saying that if it's for anything other than the stated purpose. The stated purpose that is that is the legal fight. Yeah, so. like I can't go out and say I'm raising money to replace all the windows in my house because I have no windows and I need them replaced and raise all the money and then spend that money on a new car. What if you say, I'm raising all of the, the money on the windows of my new house because, you know, a storm came and knocked them all out and it was terrible. And you use some of that money to put together a rally to talk about the danger of storms. I don't know. I don't know what the law is. But if that's the case, then there's the defense <laughs> It's like, is that, is that, I mean, as far as you, cause you brought up rally before is, is that part of the legal defense going out there and presenting your case to the public too? I'm, I'm not sure, but I will say this too. And a lot of people are going to get pissed at me for it, but it is what it is. You know, what's not helping at all, but the, the truths and stuff attacking the special prosecutor, like his wife, um, people involved on the case in such a like it's one thing to say oh these people are losers I can't believe they're doing this to me it's another to go after somebody's wife true or not when you're the subject of an investigation like this like who, there is who, Jack Smith yeah there oh. is some level of seriousness to what's going on right now like 
Trump is typically one to kind of say, all right, bring it and I'll take it and whatever. And then I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But there is a, a certain level of very of serious like he's facing prison, warranted or not. Like he, that's a real thing that could happen. It's it's terrible and I can't even believe we're talking about it, but it it, it especially if there's a D.C. jury, that's a real thing that could happen. Oh, the, man. Think compared, about this. Compared to the high of highs in, I don't know, when the hell did we all first meet Tracy in Washington, D.C. in April or March? Oh, gosh, like 2018? So, 2018 or something? Yeah. To think about the high of highs where the sky was the limit and now, you know, I I remember just November of 2016 right after he won saying party just just talking it was, it was a party atmosphere but it was also i remember by by november december just seeing what they had the, hollywood had already started begging electors to betray oh yeah we uh, played that the other day yeah that had already started happening and i said to myself oh wow if i could i can you imagine where we're going to be in april april of 2017 now that now April two thousand seventeen is about a, is a couple of weeks before they officially launched the special counsel on Russia, but to say, to have been in two thousand sixteen and tell us where we are on July twenty eighth two thousand twenty three, where they were the the attempts to imprison are getting more and more concerted, more serious, and more viable we, attempts. Oh, I mean, it is. I can't believe we haven't have. To, I can't believe. I can't believe this is even happening. And he's been dodging howitzers. Not just dodging bullets. He's been dodging howitzers. Oh, my gosh. And it's just, I can't believe. I can't believe what we've lived through. Me neither. There is some good news, though, Frank. Do you want to know what it is? Yesterday, Jim Jordan put out a tweet, a uh, uh, thread on, on X. Can't call it Twitter anymore. They it's really not Twitter? No, it's X. You know, that's, that freaked me out the other day because I thought that, you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing and I keep forgetting that he's rebranding the whole thing and I'm doing my work and I'm I'm going between tabs and, and I'm getting that information. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I, th I thought that there was like a porn tab open. Oh it, it looks like, if you look at like X, like you see X, like what the? I thought that, I thought it was like a porn pop up. I was like, what the hell is this? Oh, put that I on got, the show. People would really love that, Frank. I got freaked out, and then I was like, and that's all. Oh, just the new Twitter. It's not malware. Or he left something open from last night. One of the two. I mean, you know. Not, not in uh, recent memory. <laughs> no. So Jordan puts this thread out now. Just to quickly recap where we are with Missouri v. Biden, I did a thread the other day. The appeal of the temporary injunction is ongoing. The government's saying, we didn't, we didn't force them to do any of this stuff. This is all their voluntary decisions. You know, we didn't make them do anything. We didn't cause them to change their content moderation policies. Here's examples of how they did it on their own. It's just basically a 40-something page dossier 
on how they have no culpability. They're not squelching free speech. The temporary injunction is broad and overreaching and stops them from being able to inform the public of things of importance. It's nonsense. So I threaded it out. Then yesterday we get this. Jim Jordan subpoenaed Zuckerberg and Facebook. Zuckerberg was refusing to provide any documents or information. Jordan said, all right, well, then we're going to hold you in criminal contempt. Zuckerberg coughed it up. Okay. All of the things that they released. Now, we've only had government discovery until now. So all we've had is what the government has provided from inside the government. We have not gotten anything from the social media companies. My dog is outside my door scratching and he shouldn't be. Um, So now we have this never before released internal documents subpoenaed by the Judiciary Committee prove that Facebook and Instagram censored posts and changed their content moderation policies because of unconstitutional pressure from the Biden White House. During the first half of 2021, Social media companies like Facebook face tremendous pressure from the White House, both publicly and privately, to crack down on alleged misinformation. In April 2021, a Facebook employee circulated an email for Facebook CEO Zuckerberg and Sandberg, writing, we are facing continued pressure from external stakeholders, including the Biden White House, to remove posts. That's it. Game over. Game (laughs) over. There's nothing to talk about. Game over. There's nothing to talk about. For example, we recently shared with the White House a list of the top 100 vaccine-related posts on Facebook in the U.S. While authoritative information dominated, the White House was concerned the number three post was a vaccine-discouraging humorous meme, and they called on us to delete the meme. They are the government is effing finished. And I told everybody, the the social media companies are not going to die on the hill of defending the government. Because it will mean the end for Section 230 protection for them. The end. As it should. As it should. In another email, Nick Clegg, Facebook's president for global affairs, informed his team at Facebook that Slavit, a senior advisor to Biden, was outraged that Facebook didn't remove a particular post. It's just terrific. What a terrific, what a terrific fall from grace. This is what they wanted removed. This. 10 years from now, you'll be watching TV and hear, did you or a loved one take the COVID vaccine? You may be entitled to a... That's it. That's what it was. You may be entitled to tie somebody to a tree and punch them in the throat over and over again. Beat them senseless with with a rusty screwdriver. When Clegg countered that removing content like that would represent a significant incursion into traditional boundaries of free expression in the U.S., Slavitt disregarded the warning and the First Amendment. He says in this email, I countered that removing content like that would represent a significant incursion into traditional boundaries of free expression in the United States. But he replied that the Post was directly comparing COVID vaccines to asbestos poisoning in a way which demonstrably inhibits confidence in COVID vaccines among those Biden administration is trying to reach. So Slavitt's like, First Amendment, now nah, we need to be able to control what. And, and, and again, for the people in the audience who keep saying that the social media companies are complicit, the entire case hinges around the fact that they were pressured by the government 
and did not want it, they never would have even seen that post to think about removing it if it hadn't have been for the government providing it and then pressuring them to do so. Yes. Full stop. Now I have a good, I have an exciting announcement to make. Do you know who will be here on Wednesday for an interview? Whomst? Attorney General Andrew Bailey of Missouri. Is this of Missouri v. Biden fame? Correct. Okay. So Thursday, uh, Wednesday morning, first first half hour will be that interview. Um, Hell yeah. Yes. I'll be in attendance watching, no doubt. I am very glad that you will be here. Very glad. Um, hold on a second. Yep. So we will see that on we will see that on Wednesday. I'm really excited to interview him. Really excited. So now I'm like, and there's more. Facebook wanted to repair its relationship with the White House to avoid adverse action. Given what's at stake here, it would also be a good idea if we could regroup and take stock of where we are in our relations with the White House and our internal methods. And that wasn't the first time the Biden White House was angry that Facebook didn't censor more. According to the documents, the Biden White House demanded to know why Facebook had not censored a video from Tucker Carlson. So Facebook prepped its response. Now, we went over this very video. You and I had the conversation about it. it we have the government's portion of this conversation, but not Facebook's. Facebook was ready to tell the White House that it had demoted a video posted by Carlson by 50% in response to the White House's demands, even though the post didn't violate any policies. Game over. There's That's nothing it. even, but you want to know something? Why would the game not be over? For the same reason that whenever, like that, that uh, Hageman woman from... Wyoming that took what's her name's place? Harris uh, or Cheney? Cheney? Yeah. Man, well, I, I like her a lot. Me too. From, from what I've seen yep. in those hearings, especially with the uh, you know, the bald Patrick Bateman, uh Myorcus, who is a serial killer. Yeah. That man's a serial killer. Pretty scary. The, you can see the way that he grooms himself, the way that he speaks with perfect diction when he lies. His eyes, I can see them peering in dim light as he's deciding how he's going to devour you in his basement. There's something going on with that guy beyond just, oh, this is a, this is a, a really a, a ruthless bureaucrat bastard. Um, she was also talking to this other girl. Uh, what the hell was it? I forgot who, what she was questioning her about. Another nominee for something who had been disbarred or oh, whatever mm. was that i don't know i didn't see this oh it's another one i can show it to you but it's the again the way that they're nail you're you're it's like trying to nail jello to the wall that old that old you know uh, uh uh that old example of trying to nail jello to the wall where you there there's nothing there but they're still refuse refuse to say yes or no they refuse to follow your lead they refuse they refuse they refuse they are just the slimiest but so where is you, you say look case over done it's over i just wonder how over it is 
Well, given, no matter- the, given the trajectory of how this case has gone so far and the fact that the court has come out and said the fact that we're staying this injunction doesn't mean that we're against the injunction just because of the way it was being spun tells me we're on a good path here, especially Frank. There's one more. Listen to this. You can't deny nobody with the. There's no excuse for that. You can't. It's so transparent and so obvious. Leadership asked Miss Info Policy and a couple of teams on product policy to brainstorm some additional policy levers we can pull to be more aggressive against COVID and vaccine misinformation. This is stemming from the continued criticism of our approach from the U.S. administration and a desire to kick the tires further internally on creative options. They are changing their content moderation policies because of the pressure from the White House. It is in black and white right here in front of you. I dare anybody, anybody that has been defending the government's actions to come to me and tell me. Here's another one. During that discussion, we agreed to further explore four discrete policy options for reducing the prevalence of COVID-19 misinformation on our platforms due to what they had said. And there's a whole big email surrounding that. And this whole thread is great. Based on Facebook's newfound commitment to fully cooperate with the committee's investigation, the committee has decided to hold contempt in abeyance for now. To be clear, contempt is still on the table and will be used if Facebook fails to cooperate in full. Guess what? Very soon, starting here within the next few weeks, you're going to not need to worry about your own subpoenas because discovery is going to start in Missouri v. Biden and those, they're going to be forced to turn everything over. Again, I'll remind people, the reason why we even knew who Elvis Chan was from the FBI was because Facebook gave it up. The government was fighting with Facebook tooth and nail to keep that secret. And Facebook gave it up. So there's some interesting stuff going on, like behind the scenes. These social media companies, I'm telling you, are realizing if they don't do the right thing here and say they were victims of ridiculous pressure to censor, their business model as they know it, their industry as they know it, is over. I could I could only pray. Because the left is going to go nuts about it too. There, there's no no side. They're they're cornered. The left has their reasons for wanting to repeal 230. The right has their reasons for wanting to appeal 230. And there's the social media companies in the middle like, oh, crap. What the hell do we do now? It's amazing. It really is. Anyway, moving on. Well, when, when, and, and now timelines. How have that been with the, the injunctions and the stays and these things that are going on now? How have the timelines been adjusted? What are we looking at for the rest of the year? So we have, yeah, I'm going to pull up the calendar real quick. We're going to get some action by by the holidays? Christmas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to be over by Christmas. No, 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 no. There'll be discovery and um, we'll see if the um, temporary injunction holds. But I'm going to look at the appeals case real quick. And you, I mean, did you, you know, this is just, let's see if the injunction holds, especially next year. Right. Because... If that injunction goes in, it holds the entire go. So the case could take three years, just throwing it out there, whatever. That injunction will be in place the entire effing time. 
the entire election year. Yeah. That 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 for all of 2024. Why do you think government? Yeah. The government will have to find clandestine ways of getting getting messages out to social media companies because they would not be able to manage information next year the way they've been doing for every year since. Eric Jason what? says in the chat, social media companies weren't forced into shit. They willingly went right along with the government, been proving over and over and over. False. It's just false, Eric. Are there some points where some idiot lefty was like, yeah, let me take down this post about gender you know, norms? Maybe. But I'm telling you, I've read with you just I just read emails to you right now. The there are documented dozens of documented examples in this case of Facebook, Twitter saying we're not going to take that down. It doesn't it's we're not doing it. And the government coming back and saying, yes, you are or else. And then after multiple times of this going back and forth, them acting because the government said so. To say otherwise is to say that this case doesn't make any sense and there's no need for it because they were willing participants. They just weren't willing participants. The only company I would tell you is probably more willing than any other one at all, YouTube and Google. They're willing. Which is the same thing. Right. They're willing. Instagram, Meta, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, no. Even LinkedIn. There, there, there is, yeah, there is a company culture aspect to this, obviously, but uh, there is just way too much public now that you can see there was arm twisting to make it go to new depths. There's it's that that is undeniable as well. So I mean, it it, it is true that you're just gonna have to deal with political culture at these big tech companies, and that's always going to be a factor. But there it's there's hard evidence now, and there's a lot of it. it so. a, a whole lot of it. So yeah, like, and I just looked down, and he's saying YouTube and Google did this. Fine, can totally understand that. But the rest of them, I have, I've, I've seen their internal communications, dude. Don't tell me. I'm sorry, but like I've seen it with my own two eyes. They're pressuring them. They're saying no. They're pressuring them again. They're saying no again. It's back and forth and back and forth. We don't want to take down this video of Jill Biden. That's a parody video. We don't want to. Until finally, they're like, you'll do it or we're going to blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, fine. So sorry, but it just, it, that's what. That's what happened. Okay. So August 10th, there is an oral argument on the Missouri v. Biden case. Um, there is, what's today? The 28th? Today's 28th. There is, the responses due. Hold on. Yeah, so we have something due today, um, and then the oral argument on it is the, the 8th in, in court. So in 10 days, they'll stand in front of the 5th Circuit, argue why they should uphold the injunction now. If the injunction is granted, or if, if the, you know, the appeal is denied, I should say, then the government's going to appeal it to the Supreme Court, they've already said. And the Supreme Court will take that on rapidly and look at the record. I don't see how our, our Supreme Court can rule against the states of Missouri and Louisiana on this. I just, I don't see. They have a standing argument that they keep trying to make that I don't know that anyone's even going to entertain because it's been so thoroughly litigated at this point. So, 
there we are with that. Now, I will ask you a question. Do you want to go to aliens? Oh, we still have to do Hunter Biden. Do you want to do that real quick? Uh, if you'd like, that's more real than what they're giving us with the aliens <laughs> thing. Matt Gates, what do you think? Do you think they showed him fake crap? You know, he, ultimately, ultimately, and I know that there's just, I mean, people have been trained into many knee-jerk areas of belief now where there's just no reaching them. Uh, like there's a good portion of people who just don't don't contemplate uh, these things. There's another portion of people who just strictly think aliens are demons because it has to everything has to satisfy a an original biblical worldview that they have that there's no modification there's no modifying and no there's no gray area there's no flexibility whatsoever there's just so much going on and what it comes down to for me is as you know every good lie contains truth mm -hmm. and when it comes to mind control and understanding how people react to certain things you have to understand that even when a government and its controlling bodies behind it in media and intelligence agencies, when they, they understand when faith in them, when nobody believes them, that doesn't make them give up. When, when they know nobody believes them, that becomes a tool for manipulation mm. in themselves because then they can tell you true things and, and because they're telling them. it to you, you won't you won't well, you won't so, believe the damn thing. So they can disclose and then everyone will just write it off because everyone's like, oh, they lie to us all the time anyway. And then they can. It's almost like they how they say they have to tell you what they're doing. They have to like it's a universal rule for them that they must tell you what they're about to do. Yeah, that revelation of the method I, idea. Yeah. And I. And, and and I'm not to saying that this 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 Grush guy or this Gorsh whatever his name is uh, is out there telling the truth and nobody's listening to him because of you know how he's presenting himself and the fact that this is all such a 180 degree turnaround from how the idea of you know lost technology non-human entities non-human intelligences no matter what their origin is that it's um it, it's just it's just one of those things where there's something about this that is being disclosed that is true that everybody is either just dismissing because we're so tired or we don't trust them or we're ingrained in some other rigid way of thinking and it's not going out they, they should have whipped this out in 1997 if they wanted people to really care but maybe that's the whole maybe point, that's the point maybe, right yeah maybe they needed us to be completely fractured to have no nothing really and he, uh, you know, I don't know. I get what That's you're saying. It makes perfect sense to me, honestly. But I wouldn't be able to tell you the specifics. Well, no, because who freaking knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, I'm kind of torn here because it's Friday. I have a really crazy freaking thread that's probably nothing and it's just a tinfoil hat sort of a thing that I wanted to play for everyone just because it's one of those things that's completely conspiracy theory has I, I it's just one of those weird things that I thought everybody would get kind of a little bit of a hmm from and it's going to take a few minutes and it can't really be uh for audio because it's not that you have to look at it so I don't know do you have an extra like two or three minutes at the end of the show Frank or for what for this thread that I'm talking about yeah 
Like it's gonna it's gonna take that long? You mean? I just no no no. I I'm saying I'll wait till we're finished with all this stuff and then I'll do it. But I would like to do it with you here. Okay. All right. So Will Sharf is running for Attorney um, General of Missouri, and he's got this whole whole thing summarizing what happened with the the Hunter Biden plea deal. And he says, based on my conversations with people who were in the courtroom and my experience as a former federal prosecutor, I think I know the full story of what happened with the plea agreement blow up this morning. Bear with me, it's a little complicated. He says, typically if the government's offering to a defendant that it'll drop charges or decline to bring new ones in return for a plea, it's structured under federal rule of criminal procedure 11C1A. An agreement not to prosecute Hunter for FARA violations or other crimes in return for his pleading guilty to the tax misdemeanors, for example, would usually be a C1A plea. This is open, transparent, subject to judicial approval, etc. But in Hunter's case, according to what people in the courtroom say, his plea was structured under Federal Rule 11C1B, which is usually just a plea in return for a joint sentencing recommendation and has no information on its face about other potential charges and no other clear agreement by the DOJ to forego prosecution. Instead, they hid that part of the agreement in what was publicly described as a pre-trial diversion agreement relating to the gun charge. So they basically hid the part of the plea agreement that would have sent everybody off their rocker from everyone, including the freaking judge. Judge Noriega smelt it. She understood the lawyers were trying to paint her into a corner and hide the ball. Instead, she backed DOJ and Hunter's lawyers into a corner by pulling all the details out into the open and then indicating that she wasn't going to approve a deal as broad as what she had discovered. The DOJ, attempting to save its face and the case, stated on the record that the investigation into Hunter was ongoing and Hunter remained susceptible to prosecution under FARA. Hunter's lawyers exploded because they believed that they had kind of a wink and a nod on the Farrah stuff, even though it wasn't in writing, hidden in this plea agreement. So now they have to rework the entire damn thing because they're exposed, basically. Hmm. Okay. So they put the facts in the plea, but put the... No, that's not what the Krasenstein said. No, I, I know. And you know what? I really think that Hunter Biden should hire... Brian Krasenstein as his yes. attorney. That's that's really what should happen because they're the best. I can't get enough of hating them. Clearly. It's I like just me, it's like me in a back alley like shooting shooting drugs into my veins but the drug is hating the Krasensteins. I blocked them and muted them. And I still see their shit. And that's what you know. They're like, oh, you you know, the for you tab. If if you don't like it, you can just start modifying it by blocking and muting people. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I still see that lush from jurors all the time. Lush, lush from jurors all all the time. And that midget from Brooklyn, Brooklyn dad. I mean, there's just I, I you can't get rid of them. Do you ever watch Leon Lush by chance? No. You have to start watching him. He's like, I love this guy. I want to get him on the show. I love him. He's on my For You page, and that's why I, f- I started following him. There are good things on the For You page, Frank. Yeah, you got you to gotta dig through it. I think it's just the um, – I think that it's just the way that it is titled. If this was a tab 
that you can move the for you tab if it could be like moved move to the it end. over and if it's not call it something else this is obviously not for me <laughs> are you ready for this sure this is an own like i've never heard before oh it's so good here we go this is the hearing on men with penises going into women's bathrooms and locker rooms I read Ms. Scanlon's testimony. I wasn't here to hear it. And I think Penn didn't deal with your situation like they could have and should have in putting up some type of different barriers in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the women's area of, of the locker room. Ms. Scanlon, we just heard my Democrat colleague, Mr. Cohen, say that your circumstance could have been fully resolved if we'd have just had some barriers up in the, sh in the women's showers. Do, do you think that that's a sufficient way to resolve what we're dealing with here? I think by um, Representative Cohen admitting that we need barriers acknowledges there are biological differences between men and women. And by acknowledging that we need to have private spaces that are separate from each other, why can't we just use the locker rooms that we've always used, the men's and the women's? If you're acknowledging that we need protection and privacy from these men, then you're acknowledging that the locker rooms we've always used are the correct ones. Mic drop. Uh, but, oh, uh. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I love to see like you know smoke come from the ears, <laughs> like like the like the the fembots explode in Austin Powers. Yeah, his head starts spinning. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Oh, they're 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 just cartoon. We're 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 dealing with cartoons. Like we could and just would, put put a different room inside the woman's locker room for you. We're going to put a <laughs> cis room inside of the woman's rock locker room <laughs> and we're going to put an asterisk on woman asterisk and then there's going to be a special cis room inside and then of course then of course the quote-unquote women will eventually want to get inside of this because it's an exclusive space they'll want to be able to get, to get into the cis room and then the cis room is going to have to put in a special cis broom closet that one person could go in at a time and of course It'll keep going down and down. And we're, uh, it, we further, further lower ourselves into hell. We've got one more clip I'll play from Chloe Cole and then we'll do the ending of the show. Don't go anywhere. I want to play the crazy Friday conspiracy theory. It's conspiracy. It's con people listening, only audio. You can find it in the show notes. It is nuts. I don't know if it's true. People are, I, I have no idea. It's just interesting enough that I went, hmm. Okay. Here's Miss Cole. If I may ask, um, would I be able to address um, another witness? Um, through the chair, you may. So you may okay. speak to me and reference uh, any other testimony you wish to. Okay. Well, um, Mrs. Reynolds. And you can you can direct it to me and say that that you, what Ms. Reynolds talked about you want to respond to, and you go ahead. Well, I I, I understood that. Um, Mrs. Reynolds is scared for her child. And I just want to set the record straight that I don't hate her. I don't think anybody in this room hates her. Um, in fact, I, I see my own mother and my own father in her and that she, clearly she dearly loves her child and she's doing the best with what she's been given. And unfortunately, it's not much. And for that, I'm sorry. I mean, I think every parent deserves the most, the utmost grace. 
and guidance with how to help their child. That being said, I don't wish for a child to have the same result as I did. I don't wish for anybody to regret transition or to detransition because it's incredibly difficult. It comes with its own difficulties and it's not easy. And I hope that her child gets to have a happy and fulfilling adulthood, however that may look like. It was really kind. And she's just like, these people are just trying to save people the same way that all the, all of us screaming about don't take the vaccine. It's dangerous are trying to save people. They're trying to save kids from this, the fate that they've had. There is, I was reading this the other day. Um, this is from the daily signal. This is from July 24th. Here's the headline. Nipples literally peeling off. Yes, I saw that too. I saw Texas that Texas detransitioner sues doctors for $1 million over botched surgery. Um, another detransitioner who attempted gender transition at age 17 is suing the doctors who operated on her, accusing them of ignoring her plethora of mental health conditions and pushing her down a destructive path. Um, listen to this, this next paragraph. Soren Aldaco, who is now 21 years old, filed her lawsuit Friday in the Tarrant County District Court of Texas. She alleges that her doctors behaved more like ideologues than medical professionals and that they did not properly take her autism, depression, anxiety, and other comorbidities into account when they evaluated her for an attempted gender transition. Now, it goes on to reaffirm everything that we know is going on here. It is very ideological. There is no science here. It's all politics. It's all butchery. And it is a cacophony of mental illness that is layered on top of each other. And I'm glad, chief among them, she put autism because I know most trans people are autistic. You can tell what's going on here. And the fact that these people who are already so vulnerable are being taken advantage of by these butchers to promote whatever the hell they think is going to leave us in a weaker position societally to transition us to some other state of degenerate dependency is, is again, enough to build the character profile of some of the worst villains that have ever walked the earth. I mean, you can read the right. I mean, it's a uh, it's not too long of an article, but it is it's t- scary. That's at the gonna, Daily Signal. I want to read the case is what I want to do, because that's here. I'll, hold on. To. I'll send it to you in the chat right now. Please do. Uh, awesome. And I'll um, put it in. I'll, I'll put it in the rumble chat, too. We uh, real quick. This is this is going to happen. Of course, people in the chat are. I had this up for today, but we weren't going to get to it. McCullough has his pro his. Um, protocol to detox from the vaccine completely over the counter. Do you want to hear it real quick? Sure. Oh my God. I took the vaccine. I took the shot. What do I do to protect myself from these, from the aftermath? You just gave a program that, that you're, that you're suggesting to people. Can you say it again, please? Yeah, we have a major paper. It's been accepted now for publication. Will come out base spike detox means it's a base of therapy. You can add other things to it, but we think it's necessary in everybody. We need two ways to degrade the spike protein, get it out of the body. First is natokinase, N-A-T-T-O-K-I-N-A-S-E, 2,000 units twice a day. The second is bromelain, 500 milligrams once a day. They both degrade the spike protein different ways. They accelerate the, the, um, the clearance of it together. And the last is something to reduce inflammation and spike protein damage. 
That is curcumin, either in the nano or liposomal form is fine. Curcumin, 500 milligrams twice a day. All of these are available over the counter. They are readily available. And I can tell you, people ought to get going on this because these syndromes, as we're finding out, are bad. Look at these. That's it. I'll put it in. Uh, I have that protocol written down already because I had contacted him about a friend of mine who is vaxxed, had Bell's palsy, a lot of things, and he was worried. Um, is this just for those who have taken the vaccine? If you have not taken the vaccine, do you break down and pass these spike proteins naturally? You, that we, So we, you and I don't have to take this? No. For vaxxed. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll end, and then I'm going to go through this thread really quick that I'm talking about for everybody, okay? So stick around, video people. You've been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums in the basement and... Beans! You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Also, Monday... I'm sorry. Also, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, live on Rumble, Getter, and Twitter. And Frank's show, Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock p.m. on QuiteFrankly.tv and also Rumble. We'll be back on Monday. And if you guys are interested in what I'm talking about, I threw it in the show notes below so you guys can watch it. We'll, be, we'll, we'll see you then. See you Monday. Weird ending to the show today. Later. <laughs>